Welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Come on to the theatre, Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Manx Theatre Podcast. With me, Neil Callan. And me, Neil King. Thank you to everyone who's listened to our previous episodes. If you're new to the podcast, welcome along and thanks for joining us. You can still listen to all of our previous episodes through our accounts on Facebook and Instagram, as well as through Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts, and on manxradio.com forward slash podcasts. On this week's episode, our special guest is local actor and now professional actor, Damien Neal. Damien is currently featuring in the touring UK version of Les Mis in his first professional role. Neil Callan caught up with Damien in December last year to talk about the start of his professional career, his recent time at stage school, and his time playing various roles at the Gaiety Theatre. So let's have a listen to Neil Callan's chat with Damien Neal. Joining me today on the Manx Theatre Podcast is Damien Neal, who is a Manx actor who's been making quite a name for himself on the local scene over the last 10 years or so. Damien, welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Thank you very much. Great to have you. Great to be here. Great to, great to finally sort of nail you down, because you've, you've been busy of like pop, <laughs> popping backwards and forwards. And, uh, I know. So over the last sort of 10 years, then, you've been making a bit of a, a name for yourself amongst the, the shows on the old man. People are sick of seeing me probably by now, so it's probably good that I've left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been about, I think I started in Annie, in t- oh, I don't even know what date that was. Mm. I was 14 though, I remember being 14, yeah. getting dragged into it, thinking what am I doing here? And now, twelve years later, and now I'm in London. Yeah, living my best life. So, <laughs> I mean, that was. I mean, I, I was. I was sort of doing my sort of prep for this and trying to work out what shows you've been and what you've done. And I thought mm. you were. I was beginning to think you were sort of a bit of a, a fairly sort of late starter and sort of having come in at this at sort of a, a, a fairly sort of mature age. Mm. But then, you know, with the conversation we had last night, I re- didn't realise that actually, you know, you'd, you'd started at fourteen, but you'd obviously you were sat in the background for a while. I was, yeah, and then I took a bit of a break for uh, sixth form. Uh, school wouldn't let me do Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, they're like, no, you need to focus because your grades have been terrible. And uh, <laughs> so yeah, I took two years and then I started again with Miss Saigon, mm-hmm. and then I just didn't stop. I did like two or three shows every year. I just yeah. couldn't stop. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's it. I mean, when you when you kind of at that age and you've got nothing else, it's it's very easy, especially in the Isle of Man these days. You know, there are so many shows on that you can literally go from show to show to show to show to show, and you know, literally yeah, have like amazing. a week off between. It's amazing. Yeah, so you literally have like a week off and your rehearsals overlap all the time so yeah. you've got to annoy some people to <laughs> to, yeah. to even get a show on but the beauty of having such an amazing theatre over here is that you can put on what well, usually about four or five shows a year in that theatre yeah. isn't it at least local yeah. ones yeah yeah so what then do you think then was was your, your breakthrough because obviously you had a few years in, in, the, in the background but then mm-hmm. suddenly something happened and suddenly it was this show starring Damien Neils Damien Neil, you were at the front on, on you know lots so many lead roles so yeah uh, Princeton in Avenue Q is my first one so Big up David Dawson. Hey. Cheers for that one, mate. And, <laughs> and, um, and then that was it then. When I was still doing Princeton and Avenue Q, I got Joe Gillis in Sunset Boulevard, and then that was kind of it then. Yeah. yeah. And that and was then, a great show to do as well. That was amazing. That's my favourite one, 100%. Yeah. Well, there, there's loads of favourites, but that one for sheer, Damien, are not going to be off stage at all in this whole show. Have fun, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and it was. I mean, I just, just I mean, throw you in there. The, I've I've seen other shows like that, but literally, you, know, you were literally just off stage to get changed and, and, and have a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I hadn't. I had, I had a nice break at the start of the second act, so I sang Sunset Boulevard, and then I was off for about I think about seven minutes, and then that was it for the whole show. Seven minutes, seven minutes, a luxury. Yeah, whilst <laughs> while Sarah Buckley sang, that was my favorite one. Just just because of that, it was like I'd never done anything like it before. 
never been a lead really. I don't count Princeton as league because everyone's like the same on that yeah, show. It's, it's, it's like it's, it's one of them. It's, where, fairly, like, it's like an, ens- an ensemble piece, yeah, it's isn't it? Yeah, a massive ensemble piece. But that one was like you and Sarah are not off stage. Like you're just you're the show. I'm like, oh god, my face was everywhere. I was like, oh my, god. Yeah. <laughs> my nana was having heart attacks every time. She's like, oh my god! <laughs> but then that it just never stopped. Then it never stopped. I, I kind of caught the bug at an early age. Had a bit of a break, but then my mum pushed me back into it because I was becoming a bit of a, <laughs> a pain. Uh, so she's like, you need to get back into theatre again. So I was like, all right, fine. Went into uh, my Miss Saigon audition with a shaved head, hung over. <laughs> <laughs> and then picked it back up from there. Yeah. But yeah, And then I kind of started taking it quite seriously then. So yeah. I thought I need to, I was sick of the nine to five over here, sick yeah. of office working. I just thought, I'm, I'm going to do this now. <laughs> and yeah. then I did it. Yeah, Picked up, took a bit of a leap of faith and it's, paid off so yeah i mean sometimes you just have to do that don't you, you yeah. there's so many people that can sit there and go oh you could you could work in the west end you could work in the west end but it's like it's making that that, it, that it's step it's going yeah. it's, you know it's, it's quitting the job and moving to london yeah. taking that step is the the hardest one mm. to begin initially in you. and it's the expensive one as well it's <laughs> a rich man's game this acting thing you know it is yeah. <laughs> i'm just lucky i've got a family who'll be able to, who who are happy to support me in this because i wouldn't have been able to even think about going even auditions are expensive <laughs> if you want to get into it, save because I've put my dad in an early grave. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, not just yet. Not just yet. Yeah, just Let yet. him see me in my first show, and then. I'll... <laughs> yeah. So then, over over the years, then you've you've done quite a lot with with the DCU, mm-hmm. um, and you've had quite a few roles with Taylorian over the years as well. You've you've played Raoul in Phantom of the Opera. Yep. You were Bill Sykes in Oliver. Oh, Bill. <laughs> yeah, oh, there he is. <laughs> He's back again. You know, it's always I always find it the villains they always stay with you. They do. Yeah, I've still got uh, my what is it a trun- truncheon trun- trun- the the yeah. jemmy. Yeah, still got that. Yeah, I couldn't take it over with me to London because it's classed as a weapon. So probably, <laughs> yeah, and that's not a place to be carrying a weapon. So no, no so yeah, but yeah, it's still in my room at home just in case there's any burglars about just don't don't come in my house because it's uh it's honestly the if i if you got hit with that thing it was mike bonner made it for me he picked up a bit of driftwood off yeah. the beach just carved this amazing jemmy they, they do stay with you because they're just fun they're more fun to play you don't yeah. want to play a drip every no. year do you, you want to no. I mean, I was, you yeah. sink your teeth into I mean, I was, yeah exactly yeah yeah there's always a bit more fun and a bit more kind of a bit more going on with, with yeah. the villains you know the, your your atypical sort of principal boy lead mm. usually a bit of a romantic Sloppy, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't want that. Yeah. Fair enough. Every now and then it pays the bills, doesn't it? So. <laughs> I mean, but, when you look at Sunset, though, Joe, there was there was more to Joe than just the little romantic bit. There was, yeah. He had a bit of, bit of spunk about him, didn't he? Yeah. Whereas Raoul, on the other hand, very hard to sink your teeth into that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do you do? He's just a drip. Yeah. And you got to try and make him not drippy. Because yeah. <laughs> if you hate the character, then all you can... <laughs> Yes, exactly. So. Let's hope yeah. that uh, Lord Lloyd Webber's not listening oh, to this sh- in future. Yeah. Oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> we can cut that bit out if you want to. That's fine. Yeah. Hey, it's opinion. Everyone's allowed an opinion, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, so looking at some of the roles you've had with, with the DCU then over mm-hmm. the years, you played, um, was it Ephraim or was it Daniel oh, in Seven Brides? Or Ephraim. Do- Ephraim. Ephraim, yeah. Yeah, I was Ephraim. And then my twin was Mark Docherty. <laughs> Big shout out to Mark there. Love you, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we were meant to be twins, which was interesting. But Because uh... he's about, you know, four or five years older than you. Just a, maybe a bit more, mate. I'm not sure on that one. <laughs> maybe more than yeah. 20, but anyway. And that was an amazing show. I loved that one. Yeah. That was like my first one where I went, wow. Like, Marjorie and the, the fight between the brothers and the, and the townsfolk and stuff. Oh, I, I remember you get, oh, that was one of the funniest moments on stage, actually. 
when you got kicked in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Someone took it a bit too far, and then Neil got a good old uh... <laughs> kicking. Yes, it wasn't just a kick; it was like a stamp on the back. It was yeah. one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But yeah, that was one of my favourites, just because of that. Because it's I've got so many funny memories from that show. Yeah, I mean, I remember that sort of first night that Tara got us all together <clears throat> for the for the fight scene, and the band mm. said, "Right, who can do this? Yes, we can do that. Who can do that? <laughs> no, maybe not." Damien, can you do anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> can you cartwheel? No. Can you skip? No. <laughs> but you, you sorted that out years later, though, isn't it? When it came to Joseph, I mean, oh, clearly you were one of the, the best dancers on stage. It was there an was iconic moment. That, that big number and your big acrobatic scene. Yeah. Did you like that roly-poly? That was awesome. I had a hammer on my belt, and it's, I'm sure it hit me in the head every single night. But, yeah. You know, you got to work with what you got. And you did, yeah. I, I do a great roly-poly. But yeah, so go, go everyone back. else was doing everything, wasn't they? And I, yeah. me and Chris, uh, me and Christian Cooper, <laughs> just ran forward and did a roly poly. Oh, Rio and Kenzie with their their acrobatics, hip hop, and yeah, popping, locking. Then I run forwards and roly poly, <laughs> roly poly, nearly off the stage. Demo nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> the Manx Theatre Podcast, taking a look behind the scenes of the Manx Theatre. One of the other roles that you had was uh, it was in Sister Act. Yeah, Pablo. I think yeah. that's I think that's one of my favourites. That was that was. See every every role, I'm like, oh, it's one of my favourites. One of my favourites, just because that one, what that one, because I just I can't speak Spanish. Spanish, <laughs> I can't. I could barely do the accent. I was like, ninety oh. percent. I had to sing up there. Yeah, ninety oh. percent of your dialogue was in Spanish. And... Yeah, and I didn't know what I was saying. I had to Google it in the end. I was like, I'm going to have to know what I'm saying here because. Yeah. And suddenly, there's in, in the middle of one of the songs, there's this verse that's by Pablo, and it's literally it's it's, it's in the yeah. gods, isn't it? It's yeah. so high. It was very falsetto. high. One of the questions I've been asked to ask you uh, mm-hmm. has come from my wife. Oh. And uh, oh, she's go. she's asked me to ask you, who was your favourite leading lady over oh, the years? See, if I say her, I'm going to get a nasty headache later when I go and see Georgia. So Because I've played across from Georgia in Oliver. I've played across from your lovely wife in Avenue Q. Twice. Twice. It's tough. And then there's Sarah in Sunset. See, there's Sarah. Yeah. And then there's Emily. Let's just keep it at them for I mean, that's, I mean that's I mean that's testament really to, to the leading ladies that you've you've had over the years. There's such a range. They've been amazing, of yeah. talent around. So yeah, yeah, they've yeah. been better than me. I, I've kind of landed on my feet a bit. So, I, but they they could do exactly what any of them could. Yeah. That's the thing about this island. Like I say, it's people across all the time. Like yeah, so, well, go and watch a show. And honestly, everyone is amazing. Like everyone puts so much effort. Uh, maybe not you, but uh. <laughs> cheek. <laughs> no, but yeah, everyone's amazing. Like it's it's incredible over here. And then now uh, they bring people across because they can teach the younger generation now as well mm. over here i think it's amazing what they do yeah i mean you've, what you've, happens over here. you've done a few years with taylorian where there's, mm-hmm. there's been boys brought in from from arts ed yeah and yeah how's, how's that how's that been for you is that that being been great has that helped you sort of raise your yeah. game and because you kind of like their tra- they were training at the time yeah and they were coming in and we were like oh yeah let's, sh- let's show them let's show them we're gonna be better than them and stuff like that but then you form this amazing friendship and you you learn so much from them good and bad things <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i think it's amazing especially for younger people maybe not for my age and stuff like that. it's just more fun but like for the younger people they can give so much advice and help on what it's actually like and the parents as well yeah because you don't really i have no clue what i was getting into and now i'm there scraping my <laughs> like I mean, I, I, I think it's I think it's interesting as well because when you've got these guys and, and, and people coming in from from drama school mm. who are currently training, you know, it's it. I think it's nice sometimes to give the the, the kids that that kind of reality check as well mm. because you know the auditioning process for drama school isn't easy and straightforward. No. Um, you know, there are you know, each school has like potentially like thirty places, and there mm. are 
hundreds, maybe even thousands, thousands. of people auditioning for those 30 spaces, you know. Loads of people. Here's a reality check. Because some people don't get in, and that's it then. There's not really many. You can do what you want to do without going to drama school. You can. It's just yeah. harder. Because going to drama school puts you down those routes where you can get an agent through the school. You can train with amazing actors who are in the business at the minute and can give you so much advice. You can't really do that outside of there unless you do workshops and stuff. So. Yeah. But it is so hard to get in. Maybe less so for boys, but yeah. for girls, definitely. Like, yeah. if you're a blonde girl, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And I think it was like Ben Karen was telling me as well. Mm. That, you know, there's yes, you've got onto that course and you've gone through and you've done your three years or your one year or whatever it is as you come out the other end, and you may be the most fantastically talented person, but it's no guarantee that you're going to work afterwards as well. No. Because I think when he was coming out and he was going through the whole audition process and going to audition, 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 mm-hmm. and he eventually got got a few pieces along along the way, but there was like one or two girls from his course that were just the most amazing singer, dancers, actors, and they were getting nothing because you know they were one of a hundred, two hundred people so that many, look exactly the same. So, so many people who are just as good as you or better, yeah. <laughs> and it's just luck. Like they say it in in drama school all the time. They say if you get a job, it's just down to luck. You're right. you're in the right place at the right time. There could have yeah. been on that day when you auditioned. There might have been no one like you. Yeah. But on the next day, there could have been 10 years yeah. just as good as you or better. So yeah. it's like there's always someone and it's just whether you fit the bill. So you've then you've just finished a, a one year uh, diploma in musical theatre at the London School of Musical Theatre. Mm-hmm. That's um, the one. Yeah. So how's, Mouthful. How's, yeah. Uh, LSMT is it's, it's more commonly known. <laughs> um, so how, how has that, that experience been for you over the last 12 months? Amazing. Probably the best year of my life. Up there anyway. I just learned. It's not even learning so much. It's like just being with more people who just want to do what you do. Is just the same mindset. Same mindset. Same goal. Got to do a couple of amazing shows, and got to meet some of my best mates now. So it's like the best year of my life for that. And then the whole learning side of it as well. It taught me things that I didn't even think mm-hmm. of. They so, they set you up for more than just like acting and stuff. They to prepare you for the industry. Prepare you for the industry. Yeah. And if I didn't do that, I. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I'd have come back here <laughs> because honestly, the first week out, I was lost. I was like, "Oh my god, what do I do?" Yeah, like I'm jobless. I'm, <laughs> I've got no national insurance or tax number, so I can't work. Yeah. I didn't realize it was going to take six to eight weeks to get that. So honestly, it's all a mess over there. But yeah, but yeah, amazing. And I got to go with Amory as well. Yes, who's also Amory Crane, yes. Crane. So I had a Manxie over there with me. Girlfriend Georgia obviously went the year before, so I lived with her. So I kind of, again, landed on my feet a bit there as well. Was, yeah. I had home comforts there already. Yeah. Because I'm a bit of a home bird and I've missed it. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's now I'm a home away from home. So, yeah. And I, I believe that through the year of LSMT and the, the diploma, that you know, you obviously do a lot of training. There's a lot of singing and mm. acting and dancing. And I, I believe you've turned out to be a bit of a dab hand at the old tap. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I thought I was the first two weeks of tap. I was like, I'm amazing at this. I, I can pick this up so good. And then they kind of started doing more progressive things. <laughs> got a little bit more complicated. So it got a bit more complicated. So I can do my time step and I can do, you know, I can't do any wings or anything. <laughs> well, as long as you've got the I basics. I started off so yeah. well and I was like, yes, yes. And I did a bit of tap in the show at the end of the year as well. But I'd cut, I don't think I'd be up for singing in the rain anytime soon. <laughs> I thought yeah. I could have been. I started off, I was like, yes, this is easy. Yeah. And then, let's say, unless you're doing something like singing in the rain or maybe 40 Second Street. Yeah, um, you can you fake know, it. You know, most lead men don't tend to do the massive big dance routines anyway. No, so. people in the back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as long as you've got the lead role, you'll be fine. Yeah, but that's hard, mate. That's, that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then obviously then after you've come out of the course, then you've headed into that sort of, that standard 
auditioning process then? Audition after audition after to get the job. After leaving the first two weeks, I was nothing. It was nothing. It was dead. I was like, oh no, this is. <laughs> I've just left school and there's nothing coming. Then then they started coming in. So I had a few auditions and had a few nightmare ones. Had a few good ones. So I had Les Mis auditions while I was in school. So yeah. they came into the school and that was really good. Then I had Phantom auditions after that. They didn't want me. I didn't even get a call back after the first one. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's it, Louis. Yeah. Like, you think, I'm, uh, I can't get a recall, at least. Like, it's my voice is, like, it's perfect for the show. The <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, but they, they don't know that because I can't put it on my... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's not a professional yeah. job. So no one knows. And, um, yeah, so they, I didn't get that. And then I thought, oh, right. That's it now. That'll be it till New Year. And then Les Mis kind of said no. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I was looking for flats and stuff in London. I put an offer down on a flat with Georgia. And I came out of the flat to a message from my agent saying they've reconsidered and they want me for Les Mis. So I'll be swinging, swinging about in Les Mis uh, from my first show is on the 18th of November. And on that's the tour. And that's the UK tour, yeah. UK and a bit of international. So we go to Zurich and Dublin are the two. That'd be nice. So four weeks in Zurich in January. And then I think Dublin's a bit later on in the year. That'd be nice as well. I've never been to either, so... No. And I get to see parts of the UK that I've never seen. It'd be interesting <laughs> to see the, the, the different theatres as well, because obviously, you know, that's... I guess that's mm. one thing that sort of the, the the people growing up on the island, you know, they, they don't get away and perform in, in other theatres, mm. so they, they don't potentially realise just how lucky we are with, with the wonderful theatre that we've got down here. It is but, beautiful. But I guess you'll sort of find some interesting theatres around the UK as you, as you Probably. tour. Probably some really nice ones. Apparently Bristol's is quite nice. Yeah. That's apparently really nice, that one. But but I don't think anything's going to beat the gaiety. I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> and maybe I'm biased. So that kind of brings us up to date then. So that's oh. that's the future for you then, or at least the, the immediate future. That's the immediate year-long yeah. future with a possible extension to 2021. If you're interested in local musicians and artists, check out our sister podcast, Supergroup where Neil King talks to Manx songwriters and musicians as they set up their fantasy supergroup. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast with Neil King and Neil Callan. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. And now let's go back to Damien Neil chatting to Neil Callan in our usual segment, Getting to Know You. Getting to know Putting it my way, but nicely. You are precisely. Let's let's just dive straight into this. Let's not mess this around. Let's yeah. get on and, and get in with it. Right. So then, question number one: What was your first ever role? First show was Annie. I was in the ensemble there. Kind of got dragged into that one. Didn't know what I was doing. It was DCU, yeah. <laughs> yeah, DCU, and I thought it was a. Uh, I thought it was going to be a church hall thing. And <laughs> I remember the week before we opened, they went, "Oh, we're getting into the theatre," and I was like, "What?" What theatre? They were like, the Gaiety Theatre. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what have I signed up for here? Yeah. I honestly thought it was going to be just a church hall thing. Because, and I heard they needed men. So yeah. I was like, my best mate at the time was in it, Stephen Barber. And he dragged me into it. And then I never stopped. So that was my first show. But my first principal role was Princeton in Avenue Q. That was amazing. Puppetry. Like, I'd loved the show for ages. Loved it. And then David Dawson said, we're doing it. And I thought, oh yeah, amazing. But I thought, they'll just get like, not fake puppets, but like, you know, not the real ones. And then the real ones came over. I was like, oh my God. So I got to do puppetry. 
naughty puppetry as well, not just yeah. It wasn't a kids show, was it? it was no, it certainly wasn't. Yeah, uh, but that's I mean that's that's obviously another thing that you can add to your CV as well. Then you I put it on there. I put it on my spotlight. Skilled <laughs> skilled puppetry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not an easy thing that the puppetry either is. I mean, everyone no. just thinks it's just my you arm. know with that with, with your arm. But yeah, I mean, you had a physio backstage every night yeah. as well, didn't you? To Amazing. Sort, sort yourself oh, out. She sorted me right out. Yeah. So you played the part twice. A couple, yeah. a couple of years apart. Couple. How did you feel going back into that the second Scared. time around? Scared. Scared again. Like, I was like, what if, what if I'm not as good? What if, what if I've <laughs> lost it? What if I've lost this puppetry skill? And so it's not that it was easier going in second time, you were? No. I couldn't even remember what I did last time either. I thought, oh, but I'll remember some of the words. I'll remember this. And there were some scenes when we were rehearsing. I was like, oh, God, I forgot about this bit. I forgot about that. Yeah. But yeah, but it was amazing. I loved it. I'd do it over and over again. I would, 100%. Really? So, right, question two then. What was your last, or what was your latest role? At drama school. So, my end of year show uh, was Lend Me a Tenor, and I played the Italian opera singer Tito Morelli. Brilliant. And it was a, that was, see, that could have been one of my favourite ones, that. It was the funniest show. I've, I think I, it was slapstick humour. It's all door. It's all farce. So yeah. It's all doors closing and opening at the same times, and it's a bit of mistaken identity. In mistaken there as well. identity as clowns. So, but that was one of my favourites. Anne Marie Crane was my wife in the show, so she was my Italian wife. So two Manxies playing Italians, Italians in London with some wonderful accents, with some <laughs> strange accents. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it was. I listened to back sometimes. I was like, oh, what am I doing here? But yeah, so that was amazing. So that was my last role. Great. Yeah. So then, moving on then, what was your favourite role? Joe Gillis in Sunset Boulevard. Again, just because I was never off. It yeah. was my first lead role without a puppet in my hands. <laughs> so, And we got Sarah Buckley over, so I met some amazing people. Because there were quite a lot of new faces in that show as well. Yes, and, yes there was. And the scale of the show was just the score. One mm. of my favourite scores ever. The people. I love John Cumbridge and I miss him. Come back. <laughs> I didn't get to see him in... Uh, when he was over for Les Mis. So I miss him. I miss doing the theatre over here anyway. I've not done it in two years now. No, a year. Yeah. And I miss it so much. I love it. Okay then. What would be your dream role? What's, uh, what's the, the, the one role? Cliche. What's what's the top what's the top of your bucket list? I've gone cliche with Javert. I've just done it. I just want to do it. If I could do that, I'd quit. <laughs> I'd go, I'm not going anywhere now. Yeah. That's it. I'll just come back and work in a bank again. Just if they'll have me. Play, play Javert for 25 years. I'll be fine. I'll be, yeah. I'll just renew my contract. I'll be, I'll be like, you can pay me nothing. I'll be like, yeah, I'm doing it. Option to renew. <laughs> Lovely, yeah, take yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah, so I'll keep on their good side and then uh, see what happens. <laughs> One day. So then, next question then. What was the part that you were born to play? Now, this can be the character in the show that is, is most like you or mm. the, the thing, probably the part that you would find it's, be the most easiest for you to, to, to slip into just walk into do you know what I was thinking about this quite long and hard and I couldn't pick so I'm going to say School of Rock Dewey Finn just so I can get fat I like rock singing I like singing with the rocky tones and stuff like that and I'm a big kid yeah. so I'd love to do that yeah. well I can't play guitar so it'd be, I need to learn how to play guitar yeah that's, that's pretty up there and yeah. I need to get really fat well you don't need to be but I think it helps. It's iconic, right? I mean, you've got Jack Black's out there as as the original person from from the original yeah. film. So and to follow follow him doing that one would be amazing. But just so I could get fat, I love getting. I love just chilling. But now I can't do that anymore. 
to to have a role where you could just go in and be fat. Yeah, <laughs> be really yeah. Nice. I was like and way. not worry about what you have to eat or how many beers you have after the uh, after the show. Yeah. yeah. Right then. So moving on. What is the best and or worst costume that you've ever had to wear? Right. My favorite and best costume was my Tito Morelli costume in Lemmy Tenor. Just because it was the nicest suit. And do you know when you just put a suit on, you're like, oh, mm. this was meant to be. I want to yeah. keep it. <laughs> and then uh, uh, we did a photo shoot for it, and we had a big cardboard cutout. So I've, I'm keeping the Well, my friends have got it in London at the minute, but I'm going to rob it back yeah, and uh, maybe take it on tour with me. But I've got a big cardboard cutout, seven foot, so it's like massive with me in that suit. And I just look at it, I go, you're doing well, Damien. Well done. <laughs> like, Looking good. And I wanted to keep the suit, but I wasn't allowed. Yeah. So... But yeah, that was my fa- that was my favorite costume. It's amazing how good, how much a, a, a nice suit can 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 totally and change shoes. your performance. And shoes. shoes, yep, shoes, shoes especially. But then my worst one. Well, it's not my worst costume because I didn't keep the costume and use it in the show. But I just remember always having nightmares because my weight fluctuates quite a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I went in for this costume call for Phantom of the Opera, and it's the masquerade costumes. It was just a beautiful white like soldier. What's that? Yeah, like a prince. Yeah, um, like a proper sort of military. First. Military. And it was a beautiful white one. Yeah, with like silver lining and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't. Uh, it left nothing to the imagination. I couldn't even get one of the legs up one of my calves. <laughs> and I was like, "This is terrible." And then John, John wasn't very happy with me. <laughs> Neither was Die. But I was like, "Surely not." But and then I then they changed it into this other nice red and black one. But. <laughs> so moving on, then one of one of the more more difficult questions we often find, especially with mm. the with our, our male interviewees, is the the gender swap question. So which role would you most like to play of the opposite gender? So cliche though. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying Alphabet. Alphabet. I'm not doing. I'm not doing it. Even though she's iconic. And I'm not going to yeah. do it. See, I go and watch shows, and we were saying before, don't we? I, I like to rob songs, so I listen and watch the males just so I can learn. Yeah, <laughs> and I never. Yeah. I've started since I've gone to drama school to really focus on to appreciate because, the ladies because na- appreciate them. That's the one, and anyone can do anything now. They've shown it, like Bobby from Company, change it to Bobby with an IE, yeah, for a female, and that was a mate. That was one of the best shows I've ever seen. So gender swapping is just happening as a norm now. So yeah. anyone can do anything, can't they? They can anyone, indeed. Anyone. Not saying it always works, but well, no. <laughs> but I'd say. What do I? What would I want to play? I would say Alphabet. I would because you get to fly. Just, you get to fly. Yeah, you get to be painted green every night, and you get to sing Defying Gravity. Brilliant. So I'll, I'll just say that I'm going to go cliche and just say Alphabet. Cliche all the way. <laughs> cliche all the way. Why Great. not? Okay. One other question that I I like to slip in sometimes as well, just to get an idea of of, of new musicals and new shows that are, that are on the go at the moment. What's the the show that's that's currently getting hammered on your your iPad, iPod, iPhone at the moment. Mm, Hades Town. Hades Town. Or Come From Away. Right. Both of them. They're, my f- they're the ones at the minute. I, I've not seen Come From Away yet. I'm going to make sure I see it before I go. Th- those are the two shows at the minute that are getting hammered on my... <laughs> but from- I do just listen to... Um, I just listen to musicals all the time. I don't listen to any charts. Yeah. Or any rock, pop, classic or current. I can't Maybe a bit of Billy Joel. bit of Billy Joel. That was just last night, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But you know, I, Come From Away is, is a fantastic show and it's it's just Ridiculous. so so powerful piece. And simple. Yeah. That's the main thing that got me. I was like, there's nothing on that stage bar like seats and... And, it, and it's a straight one act, isn't it? Well, straight one act. Yeah. An hour and something through. Yeah. An hour and a half, something like that, straight through. Great. Incredible. 
Absolutely Colonel Bahafsi. I haven't been in the pub by nine. Exactly. Nice. That's what every show should be. <laughs> I watched Dogfight actually the other week as well. And that was straight through. That was an hour and 45 minutes straight through. Right. Everyone should do it. Yeah. Just don't mess about. Just get through. And we can all go to the pub and just talk talk about how good the show was. You Great. don't need an interval. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Well, Damien, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us again today Cheers. on the Max Theatre Podcast. Thank you. Speak to you again soon. Cheers. Cheers. And that brings this episode of the Manx Theatre Podcast to a close. Thank you again to Damien for coming in to chat to us, and thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions about the podcast or suggestions for future episodes, you can contact us through our social media accounts or by email to manxtheatrepodcast at gmail.com. All that remains is for us to say thanks for listening, and we hope you join us again next time on the Manx Theatre Podcast. I've been Neil Callan. I've been Neil King. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Chat with a big cigar, you tour the world in a private car, you dine on chicken and caviar, and an actor's life for me. The Manx Theatre Podcast, taking a look behind the scenes of the Manx Theatre.